Hello and welcome to the Master Spiff Podcast, a podcast started with master's students taking a spiritual formation course, which some affectionately dubbed Master Spiff. I am Dr. Jeff Fisher, professor of theology at Kuiper College in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and host of this podcast dedicated to discussing books about discipleship and spiritual formation. Each week we hear from people in Christian ministry or training for ministry share their thoughts on a book they've recently read. This is episode 1.2, and we'll hear from these two on the books they've read. And so now, I'll let them introduce themselves. Uh, my name is Christy Mannion, and I am the Minister of Discipleship at LaGrave Church. I'm a mom and a wife, and I got to read um, Robert Freiling's The Leadership Ellipse, Shaping How We Lead by Who We Are. I like how you said that I got to read. Right. <laughs> I got to read. Um, my name is Kathy Brasser, and I am a mom, and I am a wife as well. I have three kids, all older. Um, I am a Bible study leader. I lead four different Bible studies throughout West Michigan, and I write my own curriculum, which is kind of fun to do. I'm not really associated with any church. I'm kind of just out there on my own. And I got to read Saturate by Jeff Vanderstilt. Is that how you say it? I think so. Um, and his little motto on the bottom is being disciples of Jesus in the everyday stuff of life. All right, good. So either of you have an experience where in your reading of it, you were at a point where you're like, oh, this is good. I can't set this down. I want to keep reading. I want to dig into this, jump into this. And even though I need to go do something else, I really don't want to. I had a couple points of that um, right from the start, the introduction grabbed me and maybe that's your hook question right, too is right. it, it grabbed me because I think the word saturate is one of those words that you can feel hmm. you know it's a word that people know that it's just drenching with something and the whole idea of Jesus saturation is I could feel it um, I've written down here, um, his goal in this book was every man, woman, and child in every place having a daily encounter with Jesus through words spoken and deeds done through his people. Jesus hmm. saturation. Hmm. And he asked us, um, can you imagine every city, every neighborhood, every street, every house saturated yeah. with Jesus' hmm. presence? What if every school, every classroom, every extracurricular activity, students daily experience Jesus? I love that. Yeah. It's saturating our community. Um, and that was right at the beginning. I'm like, wow, he nailed me. I'm in. Yeah. I am in all the way. That's a good good cue of what the title is and it's, why, it's the, yeah, the title, why he picks. Yeah, and being disciples in the everyday stuff, because yeah. I think that's what we are doing is a bunch of stuff, and we don't have to be preachers or ministers or in ministry at all to be part of the Jesus saturation yeah. process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's for everybody every day. Yeah. Not just a select few. Right. Yeah. 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 So anyway, I, I just picture a saturated sponge. Yeah. And that it just is oozing. It can't hold anymore. And that's exciting to go, okay, I want to be saturated. Right. So like my oozing gets on you <laughs> and then you start to get saturated. Right. Isn't that exciting? Right. Yeah. And just to watch saturation. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my hook that I was just like, yep, this book is going to be good. That's great imagery. Yeah. 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 How about for you, Christy? Well, I was drawn to this book 
because of the shaping how we lead by who we are. Mm. Um, because I think that if in my work there are expectations and different kinds of pressures and different kinds of things that I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to respond to this within the context where I am. Yeah. And um, I long to live an integrated life. And so that's really what his longing that drove him, I think, to write this book too. Um, Robert Freiling is the president, or a vice president of InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, and he's a publisher of InterVarsity Press. And so I thought this is probably somebody who's lived through a few things right. that can talk about how tending to the inside influences and affects um, how people encounter Jesus mm. in how we lead yeah. or don't because we haven't tended and it's not all up to us. I don't want to say that either. <laughs> um, but just that there are habits of prayer and habits of um, imagining ourselves in scripture that shape how we go about our lives. Mm -hmm. So his image, um, two kind of images, He's got the peacock on the cover because there's a poem about peacocks and okay. how they're beautiful on the outside, but on the inside they have this really ugly um, sounding voice. <laughs> so he, there's this, the peacock is proud of its ex external beauty and its presence, but it's humbled by its discordant cry and its meager heart. The peacock poem ends in a lament with the request saying, Lord, let a day come, a heavenly day, when my inner and outer selves will be reconciled in perfect harmony. So that's kind of the hook right. of his book, that this right. would all be an integrated whole. And then his image of an ellipse is that an ellipse has two focal points, two foci. So the inner and outer both have important contributions to the overall shape okay. of So the leadership. two foci are the inside and the outside? They're the two, the like, and the doing and yes, the, yeah. the inner world with its longings, affections, and allegiances, and the outer world um, lived out through organizational life and professional role. That those things are both sort of poles right. in the ellipse. Yeah. And so then that creates that shape rather than having, like, two circles, one yes. around each, that then continue to, like, butt into each other and conflict with each other. That. So viewing them as both facilitating whatever this this shape is this yeah you know, the ellipse there i like that yeah What a good idea, like when you're reading any book, right. to pull out some of these questions. <laughs> right. Like, right. Because don't you just kind of read them sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even sometimes I was like, okay, I, I like read the example. What was it an example of again? Like, here's your story right. about something, but where right. were you in the flow of what you right. were trying to yeah. communicate? Yeah. Here's, to me. here's this memorable story. Yeah. 
but I don't remember what the point of the story was. Yes. Any stories in the book that were memorable to you of like the either the the author's own experience or um, something that was like, oh, this is a really good way that for them to tell this to make this point, and maybe it even connects with my own life and my own stage, my own station, wherever I am. I think with mine is um, I grew up as going to church on Sunday twice for sure, mm-hmm. and then you didn't do anything all day, right? Right. Maybe a nap. Oh, definitely a nap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my mom always said that 80% of CRC babies are uh, created on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, Isn't I that never that understood, but I'm why like, we have that, a nap? I that work. Why we have a nap? I bet. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, maybe you could listen to Back to God or something like right. that. Um, and then um, we also did Wednesday night church things, and I grew up like that, and I kind of was that and it's so unfortunate because as I grew up like I was saying earlier I had this passion of learning Mm -hmm. that okay so I had to shut it off on Sunday night after the church service because you know Monday then you just go to school Um, and this whole and he has a whole chapter about this this is what a lot of people think is church is a building church Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. what you go to it's not who we are and that started to change with me um, when I was in college and I moved away from West Michigan I had to figure out oh this it could be my thing I could worship on a Tuesday and it was very eye-opening for me when you get out of the bubble Mm -hmm. of this thing that you're doing all the time and he used the word um, soma oh yeah um, and I love the word soma. Um, it's Greek, I think, yep. Yep, for That's meaning Greek. body. body yeah. mm-hmm. um, Paul calls us uh, calls the church Jesus' body, his soma, through which he fills all in all. And I love to participate in Paul's vision of mm-hmm. that. Soma. So I think when he's talking about story, I really resonated with the the roteness of my past, which I don't think I am all by myself, there's a lot of right, people, right. and being transformed into the saturation soma yeah. piece. Mm. And I will always remember that about this book, mm. is it isn't just a Sunday thing, that God's vision for us isn't that. Right. It's much bigger and yeah. grander. Yeah, it might include that, but it's much, much broader and deeper than that. Right, yeah. and I do think that um, there's so many people that just will check that off their list. And I don't right. want to be one of those check off right. the list. Because I struggle with Sundays, for example. I struggle so much because I do five different Bible studies during the week, for example. And then you get to Sunday and I don't get a Sabbath. Right. Because it is different. I mean, if you're working mm-hmm. on a Sunday also, then that's a different Sabbath rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the same kind of thing. I mean, we have this in... Christian colleges as well. Like if I'm doing this Monday through Friday, essentially preaching and teaching in the classroom every day, what is Sunday? Yeah, but that's that's where I think it is important for us to ask these kind of questions and see how how do these how does this actually form us as disciples individually, but then also shape other people as disciples too. And then there's that whole piece of okay, my family. Right. 
doesn't do this not, five right, times a week. Right. So yes, get your right. buns in church. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, yeah, and it's not. It's yeah. It's not just for me. It's for my yeah. family, and it's not just for my own benefit. But also, I mean, we talk about this as well. What are we modeling to other people? who yeah. aren't doing church stuff or ministry stuff during the week, Monday through Friday. Right. If now you're, you're people who are doing the discipleship stuff actually don't come on Sunday morning, right. what's that conveying? Yeah. Yeah. So, But then my word is you have to then find other places for Sabbath right. that's not yeah. Sunday and, or not Sunday morning. He had a good background in terms of his parents um, did discipleship all the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so they did it Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Wow. Whereas I went Sunday, Wednesday. Right. So I like that. So. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Within their home, they had like yes. Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Absolutely. And this is what we do as a family. Cool. Interesting. Absolutely. And more than just pray before meals. Absolutely. And... He's, he said uh, there's a story in here about um, his mom and dad were at a discipleship conference, and they were just in awe of all the different things you can do with people. And he said, Mom and Dad, you're doing this already. <laughs> Look at all the people you've invited into your home. Look at all this, that, the other thing. Yeah. And she, oh, well, I guess you're right. I, I guess it just wasn't called discipleship. Right. right. Well, and that's one of the things that I'm hoping to do with this class, too, yeah. is to help us see some of the things that we actually already do, but we might not use these kind of labels for them right. that actually is discipleship right. and spiritual formation. And yeah. Not, yeah and, but the, they've just become regular habits for us of, well, this is what I do because I'm a follower of Jesus. Right. That's actually what we're doing when we're talking about discipleship. Exactly. <laughs> Christy, did you have a, a story from yours that was memorable or thoughtful? Or Yes. He had a painful experience, the author did, of suddenly and publicly finding out that his relatively senior position at IVP, he was, he was being let go. Right. So... Um, Can I read from the book a little bit? Our president decided to reorganize our top structure and eliminate my job, which he absorbed into his job. This was very very difficult for me to accept. My immediate reaction to the loss of my dream job was of great despair and discouragement. Although the president wanted me to stay with the organization, I didn't know what my role would be or what my future would look like. My emotions were both a mixture of anger at him and others for making this change so precipitously as well as a deep sense of personal failure and humiliation. I felt emotionally and professionally crushed. What was even more devastating was that I didn't know where God was. So he sort of goes into, um, he turns toward God at a point when he could have turned away, he turns toward him. So he talks about crying out to the Lord. The Lord graciously answered my pleas of desperation with two passages of scripture. First, there were the words of Jesus from the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When these words spontaneously formed on my lips, I shuddered because they felt blasphemous. The experience of losing my job in no way compared to what Jesus had suffered in his death. Yet there was also comfort in what I was experiencing in a very small way because it was like what Jesus had experienced for me. I could trust him as one who had also experienced divine isolation. The other passage also included words of Jesus when he prayed for those who were gathered around his place of execution. Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. Here was the profound example of Jesus offering forgiveness to those who had rejected him. When I felt most discouraged without anyone else in the world that understood what was happening to me internally, the Lord gave me his example and encouragement to follow in his steps. 
I saw in Jesus a call to let go of my instinctive attitudes of vindictiveness and self-justification. Instead, I was to offer forgiveness. Without this quiet invasion of divine grace that day, I think I would have gone down the path of having bitterness against the organization and its leadership. But the path of forgiveness was a road to liberation for me and for how I felt about my colleagues. As Henry Nouwen wisely observed, forgiveness is allowing the other person not to be God. Mm -hmm. So I think um, why that gripped me was, A, he's still at InterVarsity, so there was some healing that took place along the way. Um, Also, B, I think in this book I saw a person who's a seasoned leader who was willing to speak out of places of pain or hurt and frustration and turn those toward God and then allow some of the rest of us a little bit of insight back into how that actually took place and so that was a value of the book there would be times when I'd be going along and go well yeah I think I think most of us sort of know that or I think we've read that before but then it would be like no this guy is pointing out to us how yeah how you keep going back and you keep going back kind of a a second simplicity of things that you already know that through a road of complexity you come back to the same reality that you already knew right on the other on the first side, but you know it in a deeper way because you've gone through something hard. It's not just theoretical. And if this would happen, this is where what it would be like. If yeah. This did happen, mm-hmm. and this is what it was like. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. real. And there's some vulnerability there some, that's also expressed. Mm-hmm. And he talks in another place in the book about the twin temptation of vulnerability that you mm. know there can be an authentic and humble vulnerability, and then there can be a manipulative vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So he's very aware of those kind of yeah. hair breadth dynamics in our own souls of why are we doing what we're right. doing and how right. is that um, shaping who we are and coming out on the people around us. Right. And then even stating that, acknowledging it as he's, as he's expressing that it. kind of vulnerability to, to you know, communicate. I'm not doing this in a manipulative way, mm-hmm. but yeah. in hopefully a helpful way. Hopefully yeah. so. Yeah. That's good. It is. I think I think a fear of failure is a key thing in me. So then to hear, okay, here's somebody who went through a perceived right. failure, right. which I have had in right. small doses, but right. not maybe to this yeah. level, and then go, yeah. he turned toward God in that, and God brought him through the other side right. of it. Right. Yeah. And then in, in, in many real senses, it is a failure, but it's not a final failure. No. Like there's something that was lost, but then in turning to God, there's also something then that is found, and mm-hmm. yeah, the result is is good, and God knows what He's doing. Right. And He's writing about it. Right. And He's writing about it. Right. right. Yep. Right. The other thing I appreciated about this book was that I I think it is the result of um, the effort and intentionality of a person who is not naturally wired to love and adore the spiritual disciplines. Hmm. who is probably more of a gung-ho, go-getter, CEO type of person that through his life has learned some hard knocks ways of, okay, no Sabbath keeping and prayerfulness and a rule of life. These are the sane, the sanity-making ways in the complexity. Right, which is helpful to hear from someone who's the go-go-go type A kind of thing that... It's not just the introverted con- contemplatives that are saying, oh, you should really have Sabbath and solitude and those kinds of things. But 
even those who are and very productive people yes are acknowledging yes the, these rhythms are the only thing that make it so that you can actually produce at that level yes and if you want to combine that book to this book and what we're talking about he has a chapter in this book saturate about figuring out those rhythms and yes. what works but then in terms of not making them legalistic. Right. Yeah. Which is the challenge. I mean, that's, that's I, I find that's one of the hardest balances. And I'm talking about this hairline thread. Like, how do you do this in a way that doesn't become legalistic? Exactly. Because, yes, I am all about saturating my world. How do I do that? Right. These six things. Right. Okay. Oh, I forgot to do number four today. Right. Yeah. Shoot. You know, that's not what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a tough one. It is. Yeah, we yeah we want the six steps to a highly successful, exactly. productive life. Yeah. So we can sleep good at night and do it again in the morning. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so I mean, you both shared a little bit about this, but what led you to choose these particular books? What's the like? What what drew you in? And subtitle maybe the. What do you think? What do you think this was going to be about? And was it about that? Mm-hmm. Might be another way to ask mm-hmm. that kind of question. Um, Eric. Vanderwall told me about this book, yeah. and he said, oh, you might like that, and then I looked on Amazon, and my gracious, the cover was like, whoa! Right so you there. judged a book by its cover. I totally yeah. did, <laughs> and I judged the book by the title. Yeah. And it's captivating. It yeah. is, the yeah. whole thing, and I'm like, you know what, I really do want to read this book, because I do want to be saturated. Somebody give me a couple right. to pick from first. Right. Yeah. Maybe by the end of my life, I will read half of these books. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. And yeah. by that time, there's going to be no. twice as many that have been published right. that yeah, come out after it. So to go by somebody else's recommendation, I yeah. think, is always a good thing, too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I looked, there were a lot of books that looked good to me. And this one, yeah, it was the, okay, tending the inner part, yeah. and how does that come through? Um, on the outside, shaping how we lead by who we are. But then there were just lots of names that I recognized who said, this is a good book. So Dallas right. Willard and Phyllis Tickle and Ruth Haley Barton and John Ortberg. And I thought, right. well, if yeah, they, they say it's that it's yeah. probably a book worth reading, then I um, I would like to read it. I probably came in with overblown expectations. Yeah. Like, you know, we're all, right. I am looking for the magic bullet right. that doesn't exist of, how I, my personal self, am going to live an integrated life when right. that's going to look different for Kathy, even when you talk about the kinds of responsibilities that you have and the, um, the calls that you balance. And so I think his metaphors are helpful. I think that um, some of the practices he talks about are, are really good. Did I agree with him at every point? Probably not, but that's okay. Right. There was a lot that I could right. take away. Yeah. You're worth not, reading. You, you, yeah, and you're not always going to have full agreement with the author. Probably so, shouldn't. Yeah, you probably shouldn't, or you're, yeah, you're probably not really thinking very critically if you do. And uh, there's yeah, there's often going to be challenges to here's the way they do it or the way they're suggesting it that yes. may or may not fit with your current life situation yeah. or perspective. I had that a couple times with his stories. Um, this book is full of stories, yeah. full of names, and this is what, you know, X and Y, whatever. And I just feel like the men he mentions in this book are so honest and so vulnerable and so different than the men hmm. that are in my life. Interesting, um, yeah. 
but I think it's all part of the mission. Right. I think he's talking more of people who are mission-minded. Da, 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 da. They've already bought into this, and they've already like they've gone exactly. through that process of getting to the point yeah. where they are right. vulnerable and yeah. So I'm like, a lot of these stories didn't work for me because I'm like, I can't see that happening. Yeah. You know yes. About? Groundwork before we get here. Right. Yeah. Like this, the whole missional community wouldn't work maybe for me and my husband. Yeah, I do think you're pointing out, and I don't know your family, but I um, can imagine other people that I love very much in my church that would, would resonate with that right. and say, I want to go to worship where I have my my gaze directed up right um and so continuing to try to help people look out too that that jesus is among us also but it's it's um it's a paradigm shift for some it is and it's safety yeah i don't have to participate much if i'm just in church i have to participate more if i'm gonna i'm out to eat with somebody right yeah um by participating, you mean like actually listen to the, what they're having to say and, and, and maybe have a response. Be interested. Which could, in, be, yeah. could be scary yeah. to, yes. to some people. And I, it can. That's one of the things of this book where I thought he didn't go. Okay. He did talk about a couple things. I have written down like fear of, um, fear of what comes next, um, but more of that it, it was, it was too big. Um, it wasn't practical, like, uh, you know what I mean? Um, like, he, what's your baby step from, I like to go to worship, to right. maybe I'd take a step to right. go out for so lunch. I think, like, with this book, I think it would be more for leaders versus more or less for just somebody to pick it off the shelf. Okay. Mm-hmm. So even though it says it's for discipleships in the disciples in the everyday life, it's really directed at people kind of coordinating exactly this this type of discipleship exactly not the actual member yeah who is being asked to go out for yeah. lunch or something um, he mentions one thing about sometimes leaders try to be Jesus mm. um, in terms of they take their ministry and they put it on their shoulders and they have to do everything whereas that's not their job right mm. their job isn't to be Jesus their job is to believe Jesus depend on him and submit to him um, and that's his role. Right. Your role is to be obedient. Yeah. Um, and I get that. And that's where people in ministry get tired when they yeah. try to be Jesus. Yeah. And so he has a whole little chapter on trying to be Jesus. And yeah, I get that. Um, he talks about brokenness. Use your brokenness. Yeah. Um, so that's more of a, and I get this in my Bible studies too. If I am vulnerable and I share some of my junk that's in my trunk, all of a sudden okay. somebody over there is going to too. So. That's more of a leadership right. kind of a thing. Um, That's interesting. The try to be Jesus is an interesting statement because it's somewhat of a misunderstanding of what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't take it all on himself either. That's why he had the disciples and sent them out two right. by two and appointed them to go do this. And then after the ascension, sends the Spirit to equip all of us right. to go do this stuff. Right. Like Jesus isn't taking all this stuff on himself either. Right. He's yeah. actually modeling a type of leadership where he's sending and distributing, expecting other people to be the leaders and do some of this work as well. But you see where leaders get into. Oh, absolutely. Run. I mean, it's also sometimes called the Messiah complex, where right. you're, yeah. you know, you're putting it all up on yourself to try to save everybody, and 
yeah, you're taking on that role and right. yeah, taking it on all yourself, bearing the burden yourself instead of right. depending on Jesus yeah. and the Spirit and the Father. So in that regard, I think that's why the book is more maybe directed toward the leaders versus what happens when somebody says no right. or um, the door does fall in your face or, you know, yeah. just practical things on how to do some of that yeah. stuff. Um, There's probably another book either saturated or coming to, coming for that. I hope so. Yeah, because in so. his first book, I think it was in this order, it was Gospel Fluency, mm -hmm. was like learning the language of the gospel and being able to speak gospelese. Mm -hmm. um, and so then I wonder if like this is book two and there's another oh. one coming that's because that would be nice I mean a lot like I said a lot of the stuff there's resources and things on their website the saturate and then Vanderstall has his own mm -hmm. um, but I wonder if there's also like this is just a launching point but could be he's looking for people to go find those other resources you know there's a lot of books on these topics yeah do the authors I mean first acknowledge that and then, like, give some reason why this book, why another book, how is, how is what mm -hmm. they're saying going to contribute to this? So Eugene Peterson actually wrote the foreword. And so he says, When we both lead people and follow Jesus, we quickly discover that the leading and following have a way of getting in the way of each other. Hmm. We need help. This is not a book of advice on how to do it, it is more like a personal journal, which is true, lots of stories, of a Christian leader who has spent his life being a competent leader and a thoughtful Christian. That is not easy. Anyone who has lived this Christian way for very long has, some, has come across companions who, can, who specialize, some in following Jesus, others in leading in Jesus' name. More often than not, they do one or the other very well. Occasionally, we find a man or woman who is walking beside us that has both a left foot and a right foot. <laughs> and we realize that it can, in fact, be done. Yeah. So that's what his... That's the distinction. Yeah. Yeah. He's trying to follow and lead and follow and lead. And right. he, in every chapter, points you back to right. Jesus or to the Lord's Prayer or to some way of dwelling with Jesus in yeah. the middle of all the yeah. things. So it's interesting that both of these books are kind of story-based, mm -hmm. like their own personal story, and then kind of drawing some application from each of these different life events or situations of people they know. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was a little, it's almost a little bit of a memoir, actually. Right, right. Which you're kind of like, oh, right. wait, that's maybe not what I thought, but okay. Right. Because I want right. to know, I want to follow people who are trying to do this. Right. I get to be a disciple but of then, you now, kind of. Yeah, 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 and then it, all, mm -hmm. it also comes back to this whole, like, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Well, yes. here's a life that's been well lived in leadership and in following that is someone who can then share that and find some ways of imitating and living that in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it just seems like we have so many just present examples of leaders, secular and Christian, that go off the rails. Right. So I think that's one of the other... the the prayer of Psalm 86, give me an undivided heart, mm -hmm. is is this too. Like, yeah. help me to just keep yeah. keep my eyes on you and be right. turning aside from the kinds of things right. that will distract me. And yeah. Living presently in the pain and the beauty of the work that I do, keeping company with Jesus. Right, right. And that that actually 
has benefit for other people who you're called to disciple or lead and it's not just for your own sake yes I think that's what the Bible is about isn't it it's about story right right Right. and you wonder why God chose to do it that way versus a textbook well why because textbooks we don't read very good (laughs) and we don't follow the you know. No, but if we could relate to somebody else's story, right. and then we talked about that earlier, maybe you remember the illustration, but not, not right. necessarily the point, but you are going to remember the story. Right. And I think that's why God wrote the Bible that way, too, is yeah. the majority of it is people's stories. Is. And I can relate to Joshua, or I can relate to Rahab, or whoever you want to at different times of my life. And we open books like that, and these are the ones that we learn from. Mm-hmm. We can learn from the other ones, but you know right. what? This is where right. we could say, you know what? You're right. There's a story in this book about um, Jeff is, he asked his missional community to help put siding on his house. And everybody said, yes, let's go do it. Blah, blah, blah. Only one guy shows up. Mm-hmm. And he's madder than hops, and he's working, and he's scrubbing, and he's sanding, and it's hard. And he just was kind of the Dutch way of saying, but now he was yeah. just like, but now the whole thing and, and Jeff says what's going on here and he said I'm all by myself and does it matter mm-hmm. and he's peeling off layers of house as Jeff is peeling, peeling off layers of this guy yeah. having this conversation that's always going to stick with me is mm-hmm. all of a sudden this man's brokenness is coming out as mm-hmm. he's working peeling off layers and it's all of a sudden his story comes out mm-hmm. right right he was meant to be there only with that guy at that yeah. time. Hmm. Um, because it's not like if they'd scheduled to meet for coffee, that that same kind of thing wouldn't have happened. No, and it came yeah. out in him being a little bit angry. <laughs> right. uh-huh. That he was right. the only one and it was hot out, right. and da, 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 you know, yeah. and all of a sudden there was the story again. Those are the ones that I love about books. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, okay. And he talks about story. Um, do you know God's story? Mm-hmm. You've got to know God's story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you need to listen to other people's story, and you've got to mm-hmm. be able to tell your own story just mm-hmm. that fast. Mm-hmm. right? You yeah. have to be able to articulate that. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love yeah. story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I might read your book, too, if it's full right. of stories. Right, if it's full of yeah. stories, which sounds like it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that, too, is less threatening his his little rubric do you know god's story do you know your own story what's the other one god's story other story listen to other listen people's to other story, people's story and our story how much less intimidating that sounds right to be able to share your faith right than some of the other models that we've right. yeah tried yeah. yeah and i think like within a particular story that i was talking about with this guy is you're doing something too right you're not just sitting here talking about right. the junk right you're working and you know I think a lot of good story time comes in the car yeah. when you're not necessarily looking at the person as you're driving um, as you're working on a project yeah. and I think the Bible is full of stuff like that right. too while we're doing this while right. we're on our way while yeah. this is happening you know you're like wow okay a yeah. lot of good stuff yeah when I was at Bible this may reminds me of when I was a Bible camp counselor in college um, I don't even remember who said it. Someone taught us 
that most of the stuff you're going to get out of the male campers in particular are shoulder to shoulder and not yes, face to face. Right? Yeah. So playing games with them, being on the basketball court, hiking, like you're not sitting down face to face, but you're you're shoulder to shoulder, like right. in the car as well. Yeah. And that's where a lot of this conversation exactly. actually happens and you peel away layers. But if yeah. you're trying to peel away the layers, it's not gonna happen. No. Yes. We Great. grew up in Rockford and our kids all went to Grand Rapids Christian High for high school. Mm -hmm. Well that's going from there down East Bowling, that could be a 45 minute drive right. sometimes. Uh -huh. right. And people will say, oh, how did you do that? What a pain. I'm like, I would never take that away because that's 45 minutes kids are trapped in the back. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Right. It's yep. conversation time. Yeah, the first okay. couple minutes, we're all just tired. But then right. by the time you, you get to Northland Drive, yeah. we're chatting. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Yep. And when we got them cars, it was kind of one of those sad parts right. of our life. We're like, miss that. You miss that time. Yeah. To talk. I relate to that so much because we drive our kids 25 minutes right now, mm -hmm. and it is. Sometimes mm -hmm. they're just at each other, but right. other times it's like, oh, if we hadn't had this car time, we would not have had this conversation. Right, because the second you get home, <laughs> right. Yep. Right. right. Everyone's off to their own yep. place to do their own thing. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So either of you have a quote, I mean, Christy, I know you've read a few already, that was like, this This is gold. This is, a, you know, I, I have on the question there that something you post on Instagram. Yes. This is again about forgiveness, which is going to make mm -hmm. it sound like forgiveness is the whole theme of the book. It isn't, although it's a piece, right. a, a practice that's so important. But neither should forgiveness be postponed until the other person truly repents mm -hmm. and asks for forgiveness, mm -hmm. nor should we wait until we feel like forgiving someone. Often when there is deep hurt, as in ethnic conflicts or long-term family dysfunctions, there may never be confession or the feeling of wanting to forgive those who have hurt us. Yet the Lord says this forgiveness is directly related to our willingness to forgive others. When I hold on to resentments or conflicts, I am not able to work with other people with a glad heart. But when I forgive them, I'm free to encourage and enjoy them. So we forgive and we pray for forgiveness. N.T. Wright says forgiveness of one another and receiving God's forgiveness is, quote, a central part of our deliverance from evil. Hmm. I am discovering that forgiving others helps release me from the evil addiction to a frenzied life. That's an interesting connection. Yeah. That N.T. Wright quote about part of our deliverance from evil is our releasing right. others. Right. And that it, does and the, the frenzied life, the busyness that we have, have connection to harboring something mm. against other people or from other people? Are you trying to prove something, or in this case, is there something unforgiven in your background that is leading you to live kind of that frenzied, crazy life? Yeah. That's it. That's fascinating. Yeah, I think it's the same chapter. He talks about um, internal compulsions, things mm -hmm. that are driving us from the inside, wondering about what's underneath those things. Right. And then also external complexities. Yeah. So you get those external complexities yeah. combining with the internal compulsions, and right. you really feel like a crazy, frenzy person. Right. If I were to take a snapshot of one of these pages, as it would be near the end, um, it was a paragraph. Um, he said, if you have the spirit of Christ Jesus, you are part of his body, his mm. soma, the church. Everything you do matters. You are never alone. 
He is always with you, and because of this, you are always showing people what being a disciple, one who knows and loves Jesus, is like. You are making disciples every moment. Hmm. Hmm. And I think that stuck out with me with this whole saturation word is because you are making disciples every moment. Yeah. Um, and that's convicting. It is. It's yeah. scary. It's fun. Right. You know, you can use a lot of different adjectives, right. but, you know, in, yeah. and it makes you intentionally look at what am I doing? Right. Am I being Jesus? What am I doing? What are, what are other people saying to right. me? Right, right. Yeah. It gives um, you pause to ask those kind of questions. Exactly. So. Yeah. And I feel like that's what this book was all about, is telling you, showing you, giving you stories. What does this look like to be saturated? Mm -hmm. And the importance of that for our kingdom work. Right. Right. That's good. So it sounds like both of you would be recommending these books. Um, I mean, as you think about our uh, the, uh, fellow classmates or anyone else who might listen to this, what would you, what would you recommend they come in thinking about this book? Um, is there anyone who you'd say? I mean, you talked a little bit about this, Kathy. With well, it's really for leaders. Is there anyone you'd say, well, this really isn't a book for you? Or is there, um, what, what, yeah, what kind of recommendation would you give for each of these books? I think this. Um the practical part of this is more for leaders versus just a normal person, but not the normal person can't use it. Okay. I would recommend, uh, especially we talked about this earlier, the first part of this book is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. and you you kind of, and Eric will probably say differently, <laughs> um, but that I got kind of lost in the, in the center, and that pulled me back in in the end. Um, but I tell you what, I, I, it's just a good reminder of whatever we do, um, we are a light into this world. Yeah. We don't know who's watching us. Yeah. So, um, mm -hmm. We might as well know that. Right. And it kind of just reiterates the importance of knowing who we are in Christ yeah. and being able to share that. So I would recommend it to, it's a very easy read. Okay, yeah, that's helpful too. Um, mm -hmm. It goes very quickly. The stories are mm -hmm. right on, they're funny. Um, like your book sounds a little bit more heavy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, yeah, I was just um, going to say that. This one is not. Okay. At all. Yeah. This one is a little more academic. Um, it's one fun, like, potential takeaway from it would be, I, I think there's lots of sermon illustration sure, possibilities right. in here because he quotes so widely. He quotes from Pascal and from yeah. Augustine and from just all, all over the place. Um, some different books that I thought, oh, maybe I should read that book. Right, right. <laughs> so John Stott just really has read a lot of widely yeah. and um, then brings that in. So you don't have to read all these other books. You can read right. this book just and get the best parts of some of, of these right. other ones. Right. Uh, but it is a little more academic probably. But still really good, um, I would say, for anybody that's kind of trying to remember why they're doing what they're doing mm -hmm. if, if leadership is hard right now mm -hmm. or um or you know kind of for go-getter people who are who are sort of charging ahead and who have passion in their lives to yeah. lead for christ um i think that they would find in him sort of a kindred similarly wired writer 
that, that still says, like we talked about earlier, there are these important practices and these important yeah. um, ways of gut checking your motivations along the way that can kind of hold a mirror up to yourself. You need other people to help you do that too. But yeah. um, he, he offers some some strategies from his own life that others may resonate with, mm-hmm. I think. That's good. Any final words on your book that you'd say, oh, I want to make sure that this gets communicated or this gets stated um, as we wrap this up? I don't want to miss anything that you had planned to say and I didn't ask about yet. I think... Um I think it was question 15, what ideas, mm-hmm. you know, what is, what is the takeaway? And he talked about six regular rhythms that we could do, like to set, you know, what are we supposed to do? Right. When you tell somebody to saturate your right. head with <laughs> right. well, all right, that's great for some people, but how? Right. And we talked about this sure. already is um, eat with them. Mm-hmm. You know, something significant happens mm-hmm. when you have a meal, and I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, be able to listen. Um, we have two ears, one mouth. That's for right. a reason, right? So mm-hmm. listen. Um, and how are we listening? Um, who is the loudest voice in your life? What is the loudest yeah. voice oh, in your life? That's an interesting question. Um, that is interesting, isn't it? Uh-huh. And are we listening to the right voice um, and be learning to be quiet? Um, story is another one. Yeah. Um, blessing. Ask the Spirit mm-hmm. to show you who to bless and how to bless them is part of saturating your life too. Um, listen and bless with words, actions, and or gifts. Um, I think that's a, a good thing too. Mm-hmm. Celebrate with people and recreate. He talks about, that's a word he made up, um, <laughs> rest and create. So God created, then he rested. Right. You have to make sure you take a breather. Yeah. Because if you don't take a breather, you're not going to be able to create with a tooth, right? So true. And so those are, I like those six, those are things. Right, right. I like things, (laughs) I like examples and how-tos, and so he did pull that up. Yeah. 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 And yet they seem broad enough that it's not like, here's the specific way you're supposed to eat with people. Or like, these are this is the specific day or specific time you're supposed to do these kind of things that they're... They're tangible, but they're also flexible. Right. Yeah. yeah. And like when we talk about transformation plan, for, exa- for example, um, my husband and I don't do that eat part very well. Mm. Our family has gotten to the point where we have boyfriends and girlfriends and all that, and we don't fit around the table. Oh, yeah. Okay, so right. what we do then is we all get our food in the kitchen, and we usually go out into the living room, and what usually is on is the TV. Right. Well, that's not that's not what he's talking about, right? right? Um we have to go on more dates with other couples or a couple of couples. Mm-hmm. Those are the kinds of things that I'm like, okay, those are tangible things right. that I can hold, I can feel, I can put on my calendar and right. I can do. Right. Mm-hmm. And I can look and say, okay, you know what? Buy a bigger table. Yeah. Right. It's a priority right. and I'll find a place in my budget <laughs> <the> next year. <laughs> right. So, because it, it, it's good. Yeah. yeah. It's good. This is a value and our family is growing. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. Love the book. Cool. Yeah. And then I guess kind of similarly to you, he's, he ends, um, what book did I read? <laughs> the Leadership Ellipse. <laughs> also with just his own um, rule of life, which he acknowledges he, he allows to be put in print 
a little bit reluctantly and with some embarrassment, mm -hmm. but just kind of puts out there, okay, here's who I am and yeah. the kinds of mm -hmm. things that I need to be working on and maybe these things will inspire others or give them some things to think about. Right. So a practical takeaway there. Nice. And then also um, he recommends or commends to people spiritual direction. Mm. And this is these are my words, not his, but a group of soul friends mm. mm -hmm. that will aid us along the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's corresponding with our discipleship that fits book with these different contexts of like, who are these people in your transparent context? Who are people in your personal context? Yeah, yeah, these soul friends and spiritual directors. Yeah, key roles that can do that. Yeah, it's so yeah. important, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Well, good. Thank you both for taking the time to engage in these books and then sharing your thoughts and insights with us. And I appreciate all that you've done for this. And thanks to all of you for listening to the Master Spiff podcast, a part of the Kuiper Collective. You can join us next time as we hear about two more books and the ways they've influenced those who read them. And you can subscribe on Spotify or any other RSS feed to make sure you don't miss out on any of these conversations. Thank you. And may the grace of God be with you all.